Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. As always, if you are watching on YouTube, I probably just scared the absolute crap out of you because that's just what my voice does. But thank you very much for joining me. And if you're listening later after we do, do it live on youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. I also appreciate it. I just appreciate everybody listening to my podcast, getting involved, sending me messages, doing whatever it is we do. Uh, look, I'm just going to say this, as we do get towards the end of 2018, right now, the community and the audience is bigger than it ever has been. And that's all I ever wanted to do this year. Well, I wanted to do lots of things, but one of the things I wanted to do was make sure to focus on this more and try and, and grow it. And we have, and that makes me really, really happy. My hood is up if you're watching live. I don't really know why, if I'm utterly, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, it was just up before I started doing it. So I was like, meh, I'm going to keep it up. I mean, maybe it's to protect myself from the crazy week we've had in the land of professional wrestling, uh, especially WWE. Like, everyone else is kind of calming down now for 2019. Like, we saw the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Hangman Page say goodbye to Ring of Honor, final battle. That was pretty good. New Japan, obviously building up for their Wrestle Kingdom shows. But that all, they, they all kind of feel like they're in a state of flux. I guess WWE does too. But, man, <laughs> if it, again, I've said it a lot this week. I'll keep saying it again because I guess I'm still trying to process it on my own end. Who on earth would have predicted back in January 2018 that on the penultimate Raw, before we're all said and done for this year, Vince McMahon would not only return to television, but he would return to television to tell us that, yes, the product is bad. He knows it's bad and he's going to try and and he's going to try and he's going to try and sort it out. Like. <laughs> It's just, it's just crazy. It's one of those things that somebody would have written on Reddit or in a in a, in a message to, to you know it's something ridiculous that you'd say, but nobody would actually believe it, especially because you know from an internet social media point of view, the consensus or the stereotype or the whatever is, you know, Vince McMahon doesn't listen to the fans. And maybe that is true. Maybe it's not true. I'm not going to get into that today. But all I am saying is now we have opened a door where if WWE do not start listening to the fans or at least do not make sweeping changes. Like, I don't mind if they make sweeping changes and they don't work. I think it's a bit like tying it into another story in the news. Uh, if you are a big football soccer fan, you know, Jose Mourinho just got fired. And the big consensus from Manchester United supporters is we don't care... You know, if we're not winning everything, we understand that football is cyclical, but we just don't want to watch boring football anymore, which is what Mourinho was accused of. It's the same with WWE. I think we'd all be happy to see them having a bit of fun, trying something new. But it's the fact that, you know, for a lot of people, Raw has become formulaic and boring and doesn't surprise you. But now they want to change that. And they have to change that. You can't... We did a Y video on this. I think it goes up uh, today, so keep an eye out for that, and I, on that Y video as well, i just like to say, I heard everyone was saying, I had one take on it, but everybody else had another take, so I deliberately went on the other take, to prove that I always listen, I listen to my audience, like WWE are now going to do apparently, but yeah, I, I understand why people are sceptical, I understand why people don't necessarily believe that this is going to happen, but I think it has to now, like I really, really do, because you're just going to kill off the last sort of, you know, bastion of your fan base, if you have come out, held your hands up, admitted there's a problem, 
but then just fall right back into the status quo. Like that, I, I don't see how that's going to fly now. I don't see... I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And I could be wrong. Admittedly, as I've said a thousand times, I come at wrestling far more positively than some other people do. And that's fine. We're all different human beings. We all have different opinions. That's just how I get the most out of my WWE entertainment. That was a stupid thing to say. Um, so yeah, I am obviously going to look at this as a more of a half glass full kind of a situation as opposed to other people. But I do want to believe it. Uh, I know that straight after that, Raw went into one of the most, you know, usual roars that we're used to but these things take time especially when we're in late december it's christmas time everybody stocks over christmas time even people working you know if you're an accountant well not even an accountant that's the worst whatever you know what i mean when christmas and the festive season arrives a lot of people just slow down and they kind of switch off because their brains float away and they look forward to eating turkey on the 25th of december i think we've got to give it to january Uh, i think it's doubly exciting because it also ties into the raw rumble so let's just see what the start of 2019 brings. But I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep everything crossed. Shout out to my man Ryan Evermeet in the super chat. As everyone knows, if you uh, get in the super chat, you get a smash on my peck. It makes me my heart, but it's just me hitting my peck. Who says Happy Holiday, Simon's opinions on the NXT call-ups? Well, Ryan, I do have that on my list. But as you've been so good to throw some money in the super chat, we'll get to it right now. It's kind of a weird one. I was actually quite excited when I first... And it all ties in. We're just going to have a big chat about everything that the McMahons and Triple H brought to both shows this week. I I actually liked what they were doing with the NXT call-ups. Obviously, Lars Sullivan is exciting. Very typical WWE guys. So hopefully, they'll push him in the right way. EC3, you know, great look. Uh, if you've been following his career for a while, I think it's exciting to see what he can do on a WWE roster. Didn't really light it up in NXT, but neither did Elias. So I don't necessarily think that's a, a caveat you have to have. Uh, Lacey Evans... Don't know a lot about her other than seeing a few matches down NXT. But look, the women division is amazing right now. So adding depth to that isn't a problem, especially if we are going to add tag team titles. Nikki Cross is great. Always like Nikki Cross. I like her new crazy character. And Heavy Machinery for me were the real ones that got me pumped. Because the tag team division, when you look at it from afar, is really what needs fixing on WWE at the moment. And I don't think we can get to this so-called promised land unless we make sure the tag teams feel as important as the singles wrestlers. And that's something that WWE has always been bad at, to the point, you know, hopefully I'm going to do a video about this on what culture in the next coming days. But yeah, I, I really, that, the, the tag team, div- I mean, we made a good start on Raw and SmackDown, we did. But we can't keep treating the tag team division like it's secondary, because it's not. It just makes booking your singles matches even harder. Because the whole point of having a tag team division is you can offer something different to the rest of the card, and that gets people excited and also allows people to enjoy other matches on whatever show we're talking about, because that straight away is something different. You know, in one match, you've got one-on-one. Another match, you have two-on-two. Like, it's it's simple mathematic. So, oddly, heavy machinery were the really people that I was uh, uh, I was excited about. Now, I've, I've, I'm second-guessing myself. Now, they're called heavy machinery, right? Now, I'm second-guessing myself. Yeah, they are. Oh, if they're not, you know how I'm talking about. I go crazy. A lot's gone on, t- a lot's gone on today. Um. So, yes, we, we, we I, I'm looking forward to it. And again, you know, seeing... Even though the the problem may be Vince McMahon, and I'm not going to you know say it with uh, uh, with any certainty because that's just not how I operate. But I mean, you, you can roll your eyes at me and you can say what you want, but look, I did enjoy seeing Vince McMahon on Raw and SmackDown. It doesn't mean I want to see him all the time. I was surprised when he was on SmackDown, especially because he had his own office or a McMahon office, a McMahon locker room. So I don't know if this does now transition into him being a regular character. I don't mind that. I do like seeing him on TV. I enjoy the reactions he gets, mostly because it just you know bucks the trend from everything else. But that doesn't mean 
we, we need to be careful. We don't want to fall back into problems that we had before when some people's problems were that McMahons were on TV too much. So there's a balancing act here. There's absolutely a balancing act here. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, more often, yeah, as soon as he came out, and I wanted to see what he was going to say when I did sit down to watch it before I did ups and downs. Words came out of my mouth was, right, come on, Vince, what have you got? Like, I was excited. When I woke up to watch the show, I was excited. And I think that's half... That's half the fun with wrestling. As long as I'm intrigued before I go in and I'm entertained during it, I don't really care what they do. That's all that matters. If I walk away and go, oh, I had a good time, then excellent. Something something was right. So I did like it. I was surprised that, you know, Shane, Stephanie, and Triple H came out. I didn't I didn't necessarily see that coming. I don't really know what it means for sort of SmackDown Live versus Raw. But again, as long as both shows are good, who really cares? The whole, you know, uh, I mean... You can kind of argue what they said both ways because, yes, some people have said this is too much like WCW. We're now breaking the fourth wall too much and we're saying we know the product sucks and so on and so forth. Obviously, all the blame was put on Baron Corbin. So at least there was a storyline reason for it. Although I'll talk about Baron Corbin in a minute and you can all call me a moron. But that was a bit, especially when Triple H looks right in the camera and says that you're now the authority and we're going to start listening to you. It's like... Well, isn't that what you should have been doing anyway? Like, do we really need a, a, a sort of flag in the in the sand moment? But hey, look, again, that's really pulling at straws. I'm much more of a guy that wants to hope they mean well and that over the next few weeks and months, things are going to get better. Because otherwise, why are we watching anyway? If you think it's already dead and in the ground, I would just stop. I'm talking to Baron Corbin. Uh, we're not going to get into the specifics of what happened on Raw and SmackDown, just a few highlights. But honestly, I, I, I get why we had everyone beat him up. And I do think it was the right thing to do because the crowd loved it and it was fun to see the baby faces get their revenge, even if they ganged up on him. But I, it was today, actually, earlier, I started thinking about what everything happened on Raw and everything happened on SmackDown. I actually feel quite, <laughs> I actually feel quite sorry for Baron Corbin. I know that sounds ridiculous, but... I don't know, just the fact he got beaten up and Triple H was yelling at him and Vince McMahon was yelling at him and then he got beaten up by Seth Rollins. I was like, poor Baron Corbin, he's had a bad week. It's a shame we didn't, now would have been the time to shave his head right. That really would have, you know, added to his whole character. But hey, we can't go back in time. Uh, uh, we can't do that. So yeah, you know, I, I did, I did like, I liked all of it. And I get all my notes that I'm looking down at here. Everyone just says, you know, let's give them time and wait and see. And that goes to the tag team championships as well. Obviously, the revival won a number one contender match. And if you were looking at it, you know, within the bubble that it was presented, it did seem like the crowd didn't care. But that's because they've been conditioned to. Uh, to feel that way, so I hope we don't. I hope we take our time now. I hope we don't do anything, you know, too extreme. Uh, spoilers, um, you know, because obviously they've taped next week's Raw and SmackDown, so it is the revival versus Rude and Gable for the championships. I hear the matches. I won't say who wins, but I hear the matches really, really good. So that's the first step. But now it is a case of. Um, slowly sort of climbing back up the ladder and giving people time because like the last time I saw the revival they kept losing to the Lucha House party or they weren't on television so if now I'm meant to take them seriously again there has to be a rehab period and you can argue that with Smackdown as well like Sanity just turned up on Smackdown and they beat up the Usos and the Good Brothers and it makes no sense if you actually want to think about it but who cares right now we do need to 180 a lot of these storylines and just get people back into the public eye and we've done that and now begins the rehab process. But that, that's what I mean about it takes time. You, you can't just do that. You have to condition fans so they know who's important who's not important. If the Revival are important again, that's a work in progress. So uh, we will see. We will see what happens. But I liked it. And I'm glad that Lucha House Party rules are, are dead as well. Because that was clearly an idea that somebody came up with on the fly. And it didn't work. And made no sense when it comes to baby faces and heels. And I get it. They're not as important today as they were. But that doesn't mean we can just 
crap on them all <laughs> all together. I think we need to be uh, a bit more a bit more well balanced. Uh, I thought Ronda Rousey promo was good. The reason I bring that up is because I got a bit of flack on social media. Always happy to address that because I didn't necessarily like the Gauntlet match. Now it wasn't that I didn't like the Gauntlet match. I liked the idea of it. I thought it made the Raw's women title feel special. But it was just the way some of it was delivered. Didn't enjoy going backstage and see a bunch of women yelling at producers. Do you ever see that with the guys? No, because no guys would do that. Like Steve Austin, for example. I always did that because he was the most over guy ever. You would never see him yelling for a title shot backstage because it would undermine his character. And I don't think we should have done that. I think it should have been more... Well, they should have come across more like sports people, right? As a, and I felt like they were presented like brats. And you can tell me I'm wrong, but I did. And I enjoyed the format. And I thought the final between uh, Natalia and Sasha Banks was great. But... I just don't think it should have been... I don't think that should have been the last hour of Raw, given everything else that just happened. I feel like they put them... I put them in an unfortunate position. So that was just... That was that was just my take. Um, I would have just much rather we had picked two, maybe Sasha Banks and Natalia. Who you go, I just said it, and just put them in a number one contenders match and then built stories. Uh, I just that's just what I felt. That's just what I felt. I just didn't feel like I think it would have been good for a different episode of Raw, but not just this episode of Raw. But I did like everything with Ronda Rousey. Her promos are getting a bit weird. She, she does say some strange things, like, but hey, I, I believe it, and that's all that matters. That's just how she speaks. That's just her cadence. That's that's how she talks. So that's fine. And then afterwards, obviously, you had the. Ah, uh, Natty's my best friend, but also, you know, I'm going to stare at her like I'm going to kill her next week. And again, apparently they have a very good match next week as well. So I'm not going to, you know, crap on anything we've seen just because it was on, you know, just because it was on Raw. I'm going to wait and see, uh, yeah, what it's like in a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever, whatever. We, we, we will see. And I think that's the most... Um, that's the most important thing. Sorry for my eyes for the people are watching me on YouTube right now. I'm having a few technical technical difficulties. So just trying to sort them out quickly. Um, this is always fun, isn't it? I, I would go away, but I'm not going to do that because there we go. It's fixed. So um, I, I think the real... I mean, we're talking about stuff that I actually do think is in a bit of a... That doesn't affect the women that got in a match at all. Like, it was fine. And a lot of people liked it too. The Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins feud, however, probably needs something... It probably needs a shift. We probably need to head in a different direction. Now, I didn't think their match at TLC was as bad as many people think. I certainly didn't think it deserved a boring chant. But I, I, I do accept the argument that, well, this is meant to be a grudge match. And here we have two people kind of just having a wrestling match. Like, that was the problem with Randy Orton versus Triple H at WrestleMania 25 or whatever it was, I can't remember. Is that, you know, we'd seen home invasions. Like, Randy Orton had broken into Triple H's house, and then they're putting headlocks on each other. It just doesn't tie into the story. So that I do agree with. Obviously, Dean Ambrose heel character of being a guy that doesn't want diseases. It's a shame because I like the presentation. I like the dudes he comes out with in gas marks and the siren. I think that kind of differentiates, the, you know, heel Dean Ambrose from face Dean Ambrose. But yeah, when he's talking about he doesn't want to get ill, it's a bit like, well, this doesn't really have much weight to it. I do like the fact he's obviously champion. I like the fact that Tyler Breeze came out. I liked their match. Like, all of that was good. And even, you know, Seth Rollins hiding as one of his, one of his gas, man, gas, men mask, gas mask men, whatever. That's a hard thing to say quickly. That will work. Like we've seen that a thousand times before, but it got a good reaction. And then obviously Seth Rollins got in Baron Corbin's face and they're in the main event of Raw next week. But it, it just, again, for a feud I was really excited about, like as soon as Dean Ambrose came back in August, October, whenever the hell it was, I thought, turn him heel and put him in a feud with Seth Rollins so we can see that feud the other way around. Because when they first went at it a few years ago, when Seth was a heel, <coughs> excuse me, it was brilliant. This one doesn't really seem to be, you know, living up to that billing 
So we will, we will wait and see. We, we, we will wait and see uh, everything. That's the hashtag of this episode. But I can see why it's lost a bit of its momentum. But there's still time. I mean, Dean is the IC champion. That's always good. You know, hopefully one of the shifts we're making in this new era, this new dawn, is to, you know, get the bigger focus on the title, such as the Intercontinental Championship. I think that would help no end. I just think maybe Dean's character needs a little bit of a tweak. I just don't like the injection... Whatever. I think it's strange. SmackDown, on the other hand, I thought was brilliant. Like I, gen- I know SmackDown more or less is good. Uh, it's not like we've had anything uh, anything bad, really, on that show. But I thought this one was a... Sp- I-, I couldn't really come up with that many bits I, I didn't like. I- there were a few downs. I think ups and downs have just gone up. There was a few downs in it, like the opening bit with the locker room where they booed Raw. I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> it's terrible. It just feels so forced, that stuff, and that makes me feel awkward. But other than that, I mean, you know, Paige is no longer GM. That's just a matter of circumstance. It sucks. But as long as they find a different role for her, I don't think that's something we need to worry about too much. Daniel Bryan is just brilliant. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's new character. I didn't, I, I mean, more for me, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. I didn't think he'd be able to get this, uh, you know, eco-warrior killing the planet thing as much heat as he has. I knew he'd, he'd be good at it, but I thought there'd be too many cracks in the armor. But there's not. He comes across like such a, like, uh, just an asshole. He's brilliant. He's kind of the best promos I've ever seen him do, even probably from the WrestleMania 30 era, and I liked, the, I liked all of them as well. And the fact that the main event was yeah, Mustafa Ali, who now apparently is part of SmackDown Live, and AJ Styles, taking on the returning Andrade Cien Almas. Again, bizarre, he's just back, but I'll accept it because I want him back, with Daniel Bryan, and that Mustafa Ali got the pin over the WWE Champion... It just makes it feel like a sport. Like, it was a really well-fought match. We saw some crazy moves. I thought AJ Styles was brilliant in it. Like, I just... I don't know whether he's just... I don't know. Just great. Just so, so good. And when Mustafa Ali did hit the 054, whatever it's called, for the win, you know, I reacted to it. He pinned the champion. And maybe you can go off into a mini feud with that. I don't know. I mean, of course, he's not going to become WWE champion. It's just not going to happen. At least I don't believe it is. But it works. And again, there was some critics out there going, oh, well, this makes Daniel Bryan like a weak champion. I don't think so. He's a heel. He's a, you know, he's a dick heel that goes around barking his mouth and he got what, what was coming to him in a tag team match. So, you, you know, there's ways and means you can argue it. But I thought it was a great main event. I really, really enjoyed it. Everything with Charlotte Ronda and Oscar at the start of the show is probably the best thing on all of WWE television. Like, it's so good. And Vince McMahon getting involved in that, which I didn't see coming. Obviously, he came out to make the Oscar versus Naomi match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That was good. I just believe it. It's just characters that I'm invested in. And that's why it doesn't even matter what's happening. If I'm invested in the characters and I like the storyline, that's it. That's wrestling. That is wrestling. So I, I loved it. I loved the storyline between Becky, Ronda, Charlotte, and now Oscar. Uh, it's just, it just makes so much sense. To the point, again, on Raw, Ronda says she wasn't going to explain herself. And I was actually, you don't have to in this, in this scenario because the story's simple. And you can get into it, although I would prefer if wrestlers did explain themselves. Like Dean Ambrose didn't explain himself. Ronda Rousey's not going to explain himself. Big Show wasn't going to explain himself. Can you explain some stuff? It's called storytelling. You're allowed to tell me why you did something, and I then can decide whether it is a good enough, uh, a good enough motivation to do so. But whatever. But Oscar especially is great. Like I said, this on ups and downs. When she started wiggling, when everyone started chanting her name, I really laughed, and in a good way. Like what a weird person you are. But in a good, like I liked it. Like it made me warm to her. Uh, I think she's awesome. I'm so happy that. You know, after a year, you know, the highs of uh, the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania 34, which was great, to the you know the lums of whatever else followed afterwards. The fact she's going to finish this year in the position that she is, not only is it deserved and earned, but it's absolutely where she should be. 
And even if we don't get Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 35, and they did spin off in the direction of Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte and Oscar versus Becky Lynch, I don't think I'd mind. Ideally, I'd like a three-way, maybe even a four-way. I'd be all right with it because I think it would be so good. But again, Oscar has kind of you know flown back up the charts so quickly. I'd be all right with it. I, I, I would be, I would be all right with it. So yeah, those, those four are just. And they're just brilliant. And there's the thing, I said this before, but I'll say it again. You know, the whole women's evolution now is, it's no longer lip service. Like, I think before, WWE would say it a lot as a marketing tool and to let people know they knew the error of their ways before. But now I believe it. They are the best thing on, on, the, on the TV. Like, every, as soon as Becky Lynch came, I was like, what's she going to say? And what's Charlotte going to say? And what's, you know, and the fact that Vince McMahon, I think it is proof in the pudding that Vince McMahon's segment, I know he had something else with The Miz as well, which was fine. It's hard into the Shane McMahon stuff. But the fact that Vince put himself in that i don't think that was it wasn't coincidence right that was that was done on purpose um i loved it uh, we talked about gallows and anderson look get him on tv same with sanity make them important again um and then yeah rusev i don't know what it was i mean it's probably because i know what happens next week we do have rusev versus shinsuke nakamura for the u.s championship and maybe knowing that the, the two weeks of programming i I don't know whether Rusev is finally going to get his due with all this new era and new dawn stuff. I do think they're overscripting him. His promo on this week's and two weeks ago just don't sound like him. And I've heard him on Instagram and Total Divas. Just let the dude talk. He's hilarious. Like I think, excuse me, I think that's one of the reasons that I enjoy him so much is because he's just nuts. <laughs> but that's what I like in my wrestling. I like unique personalities that um, yeah that sort of come come through the screen. So we will see the <laughs> come through the screen. I know what I just said. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh, well, moving on. 18 rated Simon uh, Reyes Pro Wrestling Podcast. But 2019 is going to be interesting. That's all. That, we'll just end it there. We'll, we'll end up the wrap up there. We'll draw a line under it and we'll say, I think 2019 is going to be interesting. And I'm really looking forward to see. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to see what, what they can do. And I hope I'm proven right. If if I'm not, then absolutely there's there there are there are going to be questions, rightful questions to be had, because you know if if the people um, writing the show have come out and made an omission of guilt and then still don't do anything about it, then where do we go? What do we do then? Honestly, what what is what's the plan following that? Because if you've admitted you've made a mistake but aren't happy to make the changes then we are actually going to do this forever and i do think you'll drive off the last fans i won't i'll watch forever i'm that guy i like getting up but i get i get get to ups and downs that's half the fun for me i enjoy i enjoy that relationship so so yes that that's raw and smackdown Uh, maybe not raw but i think if you haven't been tuning into smackdown for a while you should i think there's enough there that at least you'll get back on the smackdown bandwagon and raw next week's raw sounds basic but again i'm okay with it because it is just it's Christmas, right? It's Christmas. And for those that ask as well, I said on the ups and downs this week, but in case you uh, you you come in here, uh, I am doing smack, I'm doing raw ups and downs. I'm doing SmackDown ups and downs. I got no problem with that whatsoever. I feel I'm very lucky to do what I do. So if you do want to tune in on Christmas Day, I'll be there. And if you do want to tune in Boxing Day, I'll be there as well. I watch wrestling, so you don't have to. And that applies 365 days a year. It's my pleasure. Thank you for watching. Thank you for allowing. Thank you for putting me in a position where I could do it. That's the main thing. Uh, right, a bit of news before we start answering questions. And again, if you are on YouTube, uh, please you know, do ask questions, just the way it works. I'm just trying to be as transparent, as honest here as I can. People that ask questions in the Super Chat, I will answer 100% because 
That's just life, right? That's just life. I'm not going to ignore those questions that would make me a bigger asshole, but I'll answer as many as I can. Um, the interesting thing for me was the raw rating came up, and it was better. Like, it did drop a lot through hours two and three. Hours three especially was quite down, given how many people tuned in. But, you know, on paper, people knowing that Vince McMahon was going to be on television, and probably the fallout from the TLC pay-per-view too, which we'll talk about in one sec, um, brought in 400,000 extra people. That's good. <laughs> it just is. We, you, you, you want to round it, you know, round it up. You can say half, almost, you know, just shy of half a million. So you know, people like him. People like to see Vince McMahon. I guess it's the power of being a star. Vince McMahon is a star. It's like if John Cena, obviously, this is my next point, actually. John Cena is back on the road from Christmas uh, Boxing Day, I think. Not for very long. I do think he's doing a couple of um, roars. But I think he goes away again early next year to do uh, to do a movie. So I don't think he's back for a while. But look, that is the power of star power. But when John Cena comes back, you see a rise as well. People want that's the thing that WWE needs to work on in 2019. Can we make a new proper major superstar? There was an interesting interview with Bubba Ray Dudley, I think on Jim Ross's show or some radio show that he does, where he says that he doesn't think Vince McMahon will ever let anybody get to a John Cena, The Rock, or Steve Austin level again because they go off and do their own thing, and he wants to try and maintain it. I mean, there's an argument there. Even someone like Batista was able to get, you know, sort of climb over that bar. But even if that has been the case, I don't think we can do that anymore. We need stars. Like, we take Vince McMahon as a star. He added 400,000 people. If you can make another Rock, you'll double that. You'll triple that. That's what we need. We want people to go, I'm not tuning in for Raw. I'm tuning in for The Rock or whoever. I think that's a huge thing we need to... We need to shift. And it will help with the house show market as well. Because you're not going out just to watch them wrestling. You're going to see your favourites. That person that you wait for the whole show going, oh, please, please, please. So, yeah, I do think that's... I think that probably number, the number one thing they should do. But we, we will see. Uh, and we mentioned the NXT call-ups, actually. I've got that down here. So, just quickly, before we do answer some questions. Um, TLC, I thought, was awesome. I thought it was one of the best WWE pay-per-views of this year. Uh, a lot of people think I'm exaggerating with that. That's cool. That's just my opinion. But I did. I loved it. I thought the triple threat, the, the TLC triple threat between Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky was all, just brilliant. And having Ronda Rousey do that at the end made sense. You can choose to cheer her or boo her, but again, her motivations are completely reasonable. You know, these two women have been either you know abusing her on social media or everything that happened at Survivor Series with the kendo stick and Charlotte. So of course she's going to come out there and screw up their match. Makes no sense in wrestling terms why she would wait so long, but I get it. That's that's called um, you know build, building to a climax. So. That was awesome. The Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match. I've told all my casual friends that won't watch wrestling anymore because they love New Japan so much. Or not casual fans, but you know, they watch. I say, go watch that match. That could have been in the Tokyo Dome and everyone would have loved it. And the real reason that was so cool is because, again, it kind of shook up the whole, are we, you know, uh, does WWE fall into too much of a pattern with its wrestling? Well, even if it does, it didn't there. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, again, not as bad as everyone said, but yeah, not great. And other than that, you know, all the other matches were... They, they were fine. I liked the Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman skit. It wasn't really a match. It was a skit because Braun Strowman, you know, ensured that Baron Corbin got his. And even if it was a bunch of baby faces teaming up on him again, we've seen Baron Corbin run roughshod for a while. So I can let that fly. And also because baby faces on WWE TV usually come across like idiots, even if they have to team up together and be more like heels, I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Finn Balor, I really liked. I thought it was just a really rough and ready encounter. Uh, surprised that Finn Balor won. Massively. I don't know how that helps Drew McIntyre's push, but if we're hitting the reset button, then maybe we don't have to worry too much. Um, and then, look, the, the pre-show was decent as well, right? Not the Bobby Lashley Elias thing. That was kind of just there. But um, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy was good. And I'm forgetting some other matches now. There's a reason I'm forgetting about them. They're all fine. They're all good. But I thought, even if it was just Drew and Finn, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, 
and that main event for the women's champion, especially because Oscar won. That's just a feel-good moment. We've all wanted to see that. And I actually think we could have argued, if Becky Lynch had won, we would have liked that. If Charlotte would have won, I don't think too many people would have been upset. After watching that match, I think Charlotte's one of the best women they've ever had in WWE. I think she's brilliant. Her facial reactions are good. Her selling is awesome. You know, her, she's more of a heel character, but I still think she can kind of tread that line. And all her stuff looks great. And she does crazy moonsaults off the top rope. So there you go. It's just, I just I'm just I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I will answer this quickly just because I get this asked a lot. James Baker in the comments. Simon, big fan of yours. That's very kind. And I know this is a WWE discussion, but may I ask when and if you are planning an in-ring return for yourself in Defiant? Well, it's certainly not a question of if. Uh, if it's certainly a question of when. Uh, I'm still. Trying to sort out my shoulder, which obviously I injured in July. It's been a very arduous process, as that alone will tell you. The two things I will say is this. One, I will make my comeback to professional wrestling and defiant if they will have me in 2019. No ifs, buts, or maybes. That's going to happen. As for when, defiant has a weekly show. It's called Loaded. It's on the defiant YouTube wrestling uh, page now. You can go subscribe, watch. Keep an eye out. That's all I'm going to say. That's not me confirming anything. That's not me not confirming anything. I will say right now... You know that nothing has happened, but that that's all I will say. Um, but we still have a little bit way to go with the injury. It's been very very difficult because I didn't want surgery. Uh, it was a gamble. It was a risk. Looking like that risk may now actually pay off, but there, there, there's a long way there's a long way to go. Uh, so do just before we do a segue into the Q and A segment, just some plugs. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Come follow me. Come have a chat. You can join the Facebook group where I get the majority of my Q&A questions from. It's just Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling uh, Facebook group. You just search for that. What else? All of this is supported by patreon.com for Simon316. Uh, if you are on YouTube right now, there is a link below. Click it. If you can give me a dollar, it's awesome. It just helps me, you know, free up my time to do this because unfortunately, you know, time is money when you're a freelancer. That's just the truth of it. And I think that's every. Oh, if you're on YouTube right now, give me a subscribe. Just smash the subscribe button. Uh, it's just cool to have more YouTube subscribers. It just is. And you can go watch some of my other content as well. I do weird vlogs and other weird videos about games and wrestling. Who knows what else? Um, Aiden Kelly, do you still do the weekly updates at What Culture? I do loads of videos at What Culture. Ups and downs went up like 20 minutes ago. That's an interesting question, Aiden. But I appreciate it all the same. Uh, right. Uh, my YouTube my YouTube is broken for me today as well. So I apologize if uh, I've if I've missed anything or. Or anything like that. Uh, for some reason, it's um, yeah, it's not giving me all the up-to-date information that I need. But hey, that's YouTube for you, right? Always a joy. Right, I'm just getting some comments up now. Clicking this. Right, let's answer some questions. Alex White. Of the six NXT call-ups shown on Raw, which do you believe are not ready? Well, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one because I never... Everyone's ready. I think most people, I'd say 90% of the people we see on NXT TV, TV are ready. It all depends how they're booked and what happens to them when they get on the main roster. So I would never sit here and crap on everyone and go, they're not ready, because I don't believe that's my decision to make. And again, I sound like a shill. That's fine. You can think what you want. But that is WWE's decision. They know they know more than me. Like Some people said to me when I'm MAW, well, he's not ready. Well, no, I probably wasn't, but... You can't. There's only so ready you can be, and then you kind of got to get in the ring and start again. And I'm sure that's the same when you're shifting from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. You're probably ready in the NXT sense, but then you've got to, um, yeah, then you've got to you you've got to change stuff up. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I yeah, I just wouldn't. I just I just wouldn't make that. Um, I wouldn't make that assumption on anyone. I don't think I don't think that would be fair. But I do. I, I, heavy, again, heavy machinery are the people that I got the most hopes for because I just think if they come in and they, they really smash the tag team division, it will be 
it would just be perfect. Like, because that's exactly, is exactly what we need right now is we need more, we need more uh, tag teams. We just do. The division has got to start to feel like it's important again. You know, the, 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 the main problem we had was at Survivor Series when, you know, that match didn't even count. As 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 the, as the new day rightly you know rightly pointed out, so we will see. I keep everything crossed that happens, but no, I think they're already. Why the hell not? I I, I wouldn't. I I, I, w- I would never say otherwise. I don't think it's my place. James Bromsfield, hope you're well, sir, and cheers to the brilliant content. You're all so nice. I appreciate it. Wishing you all the best over this festive season. I hope 2019 brings you all the success and happiness. Same to you, James. I hope you kick some ass, live your dreams, follow everything you want to do. Apart from Repo Man, what do you think has been the best real job based gimmick of all time? Oh man, I don't know. That's a question and a half. Um, there were so many in the mid '90s, right? I mean, Repo Man. The reason people ask me this all the time. The the reason I drop Repo Man so much in my What Culture videos is because I find the gimmick hilarious. He's a guy that's meant to have gone around repossessing things, and yet somehow has become a wrestler. I, I'll I'll pump, I'll pimp for I'll pimp for IRS. Erwin R. Scheister, who apparently also used to go home and do taxes for everybody, and that's why we booed him. The stupidest gimmick in the world, but I loved it. I loved it. All he used to do is get on the microphone and go, I'm going to make you pay your taxes. Boo. All right, that was legal. It's like a guy coming out and saying, I'm a judge. If you commit murder, I'm going to put you in jail. Boo. So IRS, but nothing will ever beat Repo Man. It was, the, the worst thing is that it's Barry Darso, isn't it, was involved in that concussion lawsuit against WWE. So even though that's been thrown out of court, I imagine that they're still on, on the outs with each other. And that sucks. Because Repo Man, I can see Repo Man in some stupid gimmick battle royal being there. Can you imagine what I would do if I was actually watching a WWE show and Repo Man turned up? You'd probably never see me again. I'd probably have some kind of aneurysm and die. So, so I, uh, I'll, I'll pick IRS, but he doesn't come close to Repo Man, who will always be my favorite. Nick Palmer, so Paige is no longer GM of SmackDown Live, but is still going to have an on-screen position. Any thoughts on what her new role could be? And why does everyone seem to hate Vince on the internet, but he gets cheered like the biggest baby face in the ring? Because when you see him, he's absolutely a star. He just is. He's a superstar. We remember him from the Attitude Era days. We remember uh, he is Vince McMahon. Like, he is pro wrestling, or he is WWE in many ways. So that's why. That's why you react to him, because... It's cool to see him. It's cool to see him out there. We've been conditioned over the years, and he's proven to us over the years that he's a you know star. He's been in huge angles. And when he's out, I think the other reason is when he's out there, you know that something has to happen. You know, I think the last time we saw him was what, the Raw 25th anniversary show, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. That was cool. That was awesome. Like, it was a moment. So I think a lot of people get excited about that. As for Paige, uh, I don't know what we do with her. I, I mean, I saw her tweet. And then I realized she was going to have to, because we're getting rid of the GMs, basically. So I realized something was going to have to happen. A manager, maybe? If they're going to push the women's division quite hard. Don't forget, Alexa Bliss wasn't on Raw either, so I guess she's gone too. But yes, I, I would imagine some kind of manager or some kind of, I mean, a commentary position, potentially. I think she'd be quite good at that. Maybe she, I mean, look, look Byron, Byron Saxton got replaced by David Otunga. Why not put Paige on there? And then you have the, you have, she can be SmackDown's, Renee Young, that's right. Yeah, why not? Something like that, but I don't know. I was surprised. Clearly, this is all very reactionary because they don't have anything planned. Um, but we'll see. A few people in the comments are saying there's something wrong with the view counter. There is. At the moment, it's telling me that two people are watching. <laughs> but I'm getting more comments than that. So um, I don't I don't know what's going on with that. But the, all the comments, everything's screwed up. It's just YouTube being YouTube. Who knows how many people are watching? But I appreciate you all being here uh, all, all the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know... Um, I don't know about Paige. 
There aren't that many positions if there are... I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe not till the new year, I would imagine. Uh, well, no, definitely not to the new year. Christopher Brown. It's genuinely agreed that hot-shotting a title is bad booking, but lately, late, uh, but lately lengthy title reigns have also been tedious and boring. So what is the shortest time for a credible reign and what is the ideal length? It's all storyline, right? It's all based on storyline. For me, anyway, because... I enjoyed AJ Styles' sort of year-long run for him, but I do admit there were times when it felt like he should have dropped the title, especially to Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and he didn't. But at the same time, you don't want to just throw the championship around because it does devalue it. If you remember WCW before it died, it just was stupid. It didn't mean you couldn't buy into anyone being champion because you've been conditioned to believe that it was going to change. So I don't think there is a right or wrong. It all depends on the story. The story makes sense. It works. Like when Kane won it for 24 hours and then lost it to... Uh, back to Steve Austin. I think people liked that because, you know, it made sense. It was what they wanted to see. And it didn't hurt Kane because he was Kane. He was like this Hulk, this behemoth. So everyone's like, okay, whatever. So it all depends. But I, I think it's better now that we've gone back to lengthy reigns as opposed to throwing it all over the place. I prefer that. I mean, look at the New Japan title. You treat a title with the respect that it deserves and more people buy into it and they'll believe in it. And I think believability in WWE is something that we need to get back. And also it makes it more consistent. I know a few people are saying, well, what Brock Lesnar, what about Brock Lesnar? The Universal Championship does not count as a belt within... It's nuts what's happened to that championship. Uh, maybe it ties into the whole reason Vince McMahon has just come out and roar and said, hey, we need to change this up. But... Yes, I don't know the answer to that, is the real question. We will have to see. Aaron Paul, as a, music, as a musician, what do you think of the entrance music that WWE has produced for superstar entrances? Obviously, a lot of time and effort go into the production of certain themes, but I feel like recent releases have been lacking compared to the other ones of the Attitude Ruthless Aggression era. Do you have a current old favorite? Well, this comes down to the discussion um, between do you like CFOs, do you like Jim Johnston? And I think the, the biggest um, critique that people have for CFOs is that they come up with a cool riff, but then they loop it. And some people prefer the songs that Jim Johnston used to do. I I think it all depends. I mean, all of my favorite themes are from Jim Johnston, uh, at least the way that they put, you know, they work with somebody's character. Are they lesser now? I don't know. I'm trying to think whose music I like. I like Baron Corbin's music, but I don't think it suits his character. I like Kevin Owens, but it is just a riff, you know, a loop that riffs. Same with Seth Rollins. Sami Zayn suits him perfectly, so that one, that one, that one is awesome. Um, I don't like Braun Strowman's; it just sounds like generic wrestling music. I don't know. I mean, my favorite ones. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the kind of. I like Stone Cold because obviously it reminds me of Stone Cold Steve Austin, so that's good. I think Chris Jericho's is good. I don't know. I'd have to sit down. I mean, The Undertaker obviously is the most iconic one ever. I'd have to sit down there and actually and actually think about it. But I mean, entrances in general have been scaled back a bit because you don't even get Titantrons anymore. You just sort of get one image or one text, you know, because the sets now are very are very they're the same. They don't really have a Titantron. Well, they do, but you know what I mean. So, again, I think that when we move to Fox, when SmackDown goes there, that's the first thing we should do. Change the set. So when you tune into SmackDown, like, I'm watching SmackDown. I think they do a decent enough job of it now, but it probably could be better too. So it'll be interesting. David Ayers, we know that WWE had promised, uh, promised change, but going back to Shane's return a few years ago, he said all the same things. Do you, do you Mr. Positive, think they're actually going to change? Well, I do think they're going to change uh, just because... When we did it with Shane McMahon, that was part of the story. Vince McMahon coming out with his family in Triple H and looking directly into the camera going, look, we've screwed up, you're now in charge. That's not part of the story. That is them reacting to the lowest rating ever in Raw's history. Obviously, social media is a lot now, louder now than it was then, even though it was still loud back then. So, 
No, I do think this is different. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I could be being way too positive and you're allowed to crap on me down the line. But look, I'm still going to have a better time because I'm going to enjoy all of that. And also, I, I, I just don't see what they do if they don't. You, you will break people's trust and you will break the relationship between fan and content creator. It's like if I tell you that we're going to go live on this podcast every Wednesday and then you don't see it for a month and I say, oh, no, I'll be there next week and all, I don't believe you. And that's what this is about. Now they have come out and said we are going to change. If they don't change, they will get rid of everybody else. Like they, they, they just will. People that sort of are on, are on, the, are on the verge will, will just leave. Shout out to my man DJ Gravesy in the super chat as well. Always appreciate it. Love your stuff, man. Keep up the amazing work. It's very kind, DJ. Thanks for watching. Uh, if you didn't watch, I wouldn't be able to do it. So uh, I massively appreciate it. But yeah, I, I do think it's time to change. Our own heart's old theme. That was one of my favorites as well, talking about themes. Enough is enough as it's time for a change. We're saying it. They're now saying it. You've got to build the trust back up. And if they don't do it now, they may lose it forever. So look, that's just my opinion. I could be absolutely wrong. Nal Kelly, Ballad to SmackDown, turns heel, joins the Good Brothers. AJ soon follows. Unexpected Era's first main event feud following Mania. Thoughts? Well, I can't see that happening. I think it's a cool idea, but no, I don't see them shuffling the deck that much. I do think that hopefully Adam Cole and that lot and other people in NXT do, do make the jump soon. But I... I don't think you're going to go to that kind of lengths to do it. I mean, AJ Styles, to me, now is a babyface until... I know you're talking about heels and faces here. Uh, well, actually, no, you said turns heel and joins the Good Brothers. So that you, You're essentially turning the Good Brothers and AJ Styles heel. No, I think Finn Balor potentially could do with a face turn, a uh, heel turn at some point. Maybe not at the moment, because things seem to be happening. But I don't think you turn AJ... And I don't know what we do with Gallows Anderson at the moment. And I do, I do want to see the Undisputed Era soon. And it would be cool if they had another faction to... To, to, to have a program with as soon as they arrived but I don't necessarily think that's AJ Styles Finn Balor and the Good Brothers I think AJ Styles and Finn for me are probably better off by themselves for now but I don't know I I, I say that but I, I would I would say no is my gut uh, Brian Thurman you didn't like Rusev Bray but what about a new Bray or Bartley <laughs> who's Bartley Shayna Baszler I don't know what this means. Seriously, though, what do you think of his latest tweets? I'm digging the weird sinister rehab vibe. I'm getting a wonder if Sammy's promos alluded to some kind of alliance. That's Brian Thurman. I saw Bray Wyatt's tweets, and the reason that I worry about it is because it just sounds like all the old rhetoric that he was doing before, which was a lot of, you know, he said a lot of stuff, but he didn't mean anything and didn't back any of it up. I don't know what we do with Bray Wyatt. I don't know what guys he comes back in. Is it a new character? Is he the same? The problem is, as soon as he walks back through the door, we're talking about rehabbing and getting people back up to where they need to be. He absolutely needs to come in and just win a bunch of matches. And I don't know if he will do that. I don't know what you do with Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I, I'm not saying I didn't like Bray Wyatt by the end. I'm just saying that his character had been killed. Because he never said it. Again, he said loads of stuff on the mic, but it didn't mean anything. He then got in the ring and never backed up his words. He just lost. It's conditioning, as we were just talking about. I got conditioned to see Bray Wyatt as a loser. So when he tried to big me up for matches, I was like, well, I know you're going to lose. Because you always lose. So... Uh, in that sense, I don't know what they do with him, but I don't like the cryptic tweets anymore. I don't like the cryptic anything with him anymore because it feels like the same old stuff that I've seen for the last three and four years. However, if he comes back and absolutely owns it, then yeah, I'll be interested again. Goes back to everything we've been saying this episode. But right now, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hundred. I don't. I just don't know. What do you? Do? What would you do with Bray Wyatt? What would anyone do with Bray Wyatt? He's. It's. It's. It's one of the biggest sort of shifts that WWE I think ever has gone before. They had this character that could have become a big deal, and he didn't. He didn't, even though he was world champion. He had that match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and there was semen on the floor. And overhead projectors with bugs. 
was so weird. Adam, si- Adam Mason. Hi, Simon. Hope you're well, my friend. The Revival finally booked in a tag team title match. Who else would you like to see challenged for other titles that haven't had the opportunity? Also, Smackdown Live for next week is all being recorded. Have you seen the spoiler that was posted today? You'll love it. I have. Uh, we're not going to talk about it here because I don't want to ruin it for everybody else. I am excited. It's going to be great. And I'm going to wax lyrical about it on ups and downs to the point that people hate me. Um, in terms of who else I'd like to see challenge for other titles that haven't had an opportunity, I don't really mind. Like, anybody. Anybody. <laughs> like, it's... There, there, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to... Is that, that, I mean, there's no one I feel like, oh, they definitely have to get a title shot. They just want talented people to be put in in good positions. So, again, the Revival versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode match from next week's Raw apparently is great. That's all I kind of really need is to allow... A lot of people say it was like an NXT takeover match. And if that is the case, everyone's going to enjoy it. And I'm not saying the winner is irrelevant because it's not. But if both people come out with some momentum and being allowed to show what they were able to do, then that's a a far cry away from where we were a few weeks ago when, again, people would just get jobbed down. You know, personally, yes, I want to see Rusev in bigger positions. Who else do I like? I mean, Mojo Rawley, I thought, got some momentum and had that taken away from him. Finn Balor. I'm not Finn Balor's biggest fan, but I do think he has a connection with the audience that's never really been jumped on ever since he's went to Raw. So I would do that. Samojo. I love the Samojo-Jeff Hardy feud. I mean, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel uncomfortable to me that they're playing on Jeff's issues because of the way that Jeff is dealing with it, I guess. The fact that he's there and kind of you know flitting it away makes me go okay but again he made a good point Samojo has never won a championship since he's arrived on Raw and also Smackdown and you don't need championships to be a great wrestler Samojo's a great wrestler regardless of what he's done but I would again I felt like he should have taken the belt from Asia I think that would have cemented Samojo as a character that was the best thing about um Dean Ambrose winning at TLC it cemented his heel turn like it really really did he's like I, I I'm not getting what I want I want more therefore I will shift across to being a bad guy, oh, look, I won a championship, therefore I made I 100% made the right move. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting. but And hopefully we can we can stumble onto people that we didn't know were going to be stars to begin with. Because you do never know. Like when we saw the Rockers flex Kavana, I don't think anybody, you know, would have pitched him as here. Uh, you know, stunning Steve Austin always had something. But again, if you said he's going to sell more merch and more pay-per-views than anybody in history, probably would have poo-pooed it. You don't know. You don't know. There's, there's there's different ways to get over. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, when he was being the American Dragon, again, probably never going to happen. Same with CM Punk. I mean, we could, we could do this all day. John Cena goes the other way, right? You could look at John Cena and go, oh, he's probably going to do well. And he didn't at first. He almost got fired, found his rap gimmick, became one of the most important assets WWE had in the 2000 period. It's a toss of a coin. I have my favorites, but I'm always happy to be won over by somebody else. Always happy to put my hands on and say, you got me wrong. Like, you know, R-Truth. When R-Truth first came back and I thought a lot of his comedy was missing, on SmackDown, I thought it was hilarious. On TLC, I thought it was hilarious. When he looked at Mandy Rose and called her Maurice, it's just brilliant. Brilliant delivery. And the look on his face, he was so happy. So, yeah, I thought that was, I, I thought that was great. So, yeah, we, we, we will see where it goes. But I, I am genuinely excited. Next week, to me, is a write-off. Christmas Day and Boxing Day don't even exist in any kind of you know, any kind of language when it comes to professional business. So that I, I, some people are already jumping down WWE's throats, and you're more than allowed to do that. If that's the way you watch wrestling, that's cool. But that's not how I watch it. So um, let's do a final few questions. Oliver Jones, what do you think about Boogeyman returning and him facing Demon Finn Balor? I think we've all had our fill of the Boogeyman in 2018. I like the guy. He seems nice. I only see, apart from a lot of people saying he's a bit crazy, 
I don't think that does anything for, for Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor right now needs as much, you know, again, he, he won at TLC. He, he feels like he's a bit of a player again, but that's going to take more than just a, a couple of weeks. And putting him in a few of the boogeyman, I don't think he's going to uh, to pull it off. Uh, Michael says, White should come back as an upper mid-card or win against some mid-card losers um, and start building a cult, maybe bring back new Daniel Bryan. I, oh, I wouldn't want Daniel Bryan anywhere near Bray Wyatt. I don't want anyone near Bray Wyatt. I want Bray Wyatt to come in and re-establish himself before we put anybody else with him because it is going to be a bit of a... a bit of a explosive situation when he does return because there's rehabbing to do and that is the same with a lot of the roster and I think that's kind of the big we kind of touched on it a couple of times but you know again Tyler Breeze when he came out for his surprise challenge against Dean Ambrose the fans didn't really care until the end because they've been told not to care about Tyler Breeze NXT audience though when Tyler Breeze turns up remembers how much they liked him and it's that kind of balance that we that we need to sort out and I hope they do our truth is is a great one of that because he's been so good the last couple of months everyone loves him again He's got a great entrance. He's helped you know, get the whole Carmella face turn over, even though, again, no explanation for that. She was just a face. And a lot of that is our truth. Carmella obviously played her part too, but our truth has been so good in his role, he's kind of brought everybody up. And that's what we need. We need everyone to be brought up. No more dragging down. And Bray Wyatt was dragging people down. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Prav- uh, Pra uh, Pranav ba- Bart says, uh, thoughts on the Lesnar UFC WWE situation? I don't think there's much to talk about at the moment, to be honest. Um... I don't know what's going on. I mean, Brock apparently was going to fight early next year. Doesn't seem like that's the case because it would have been announced by now. And if it is going to be announced soon, given it does look like he's slimmed down for an MMA fight. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see him in the UFC again. I enjoy Brock Lesnar fights, but he's 42, 43. So he's probably only got one more fight in him. So if he does want to do it, the time is now. I just think, look, Brock Lesnar, he made the best deal for himself ever. I hold no ill will towards the man. A lot of fans do. I don't see who would turn that down. And I do like it when he turns up. I think he's a good pro wrestler. Jack Dren, how would you book the returns of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? I don't know. I really don't know. I I guess that all depends on what brand they're going to be on. I think it's obviously going to be Raw because I don't think we mentioned it on SmackDown. Are they going to be a team? Are they not going to be a team? Where are they on the card? I don't know, you know. It's a great question. I'm looking forward to them coming back. Sami Zayn's tweet yesterday was brilliant and Kevin Owens is just a man all the time. I don't know. Just get them back. That's all I care about right now. I didn't realize how much I missed them until I saw those two vignettes on Raw. And I was like, oh, I do really miss them. They do bring something different and something... They add, they, they, they're not at the star power they should be, but they still have star power. Like, they make me want to watch that show. So, uh, yeah, we will uh, we, we, <laughs> we'll keep an eye on it because they could come back. And it all depends on what they're involved in. I think maybe Sami Zayn being involved in the Intercontinental Championship is going to be a heel, though. But I'd like to see Sami Zayn involved in the IC Championship. That was a Kevin Owens. I want him to be Universal Champion again. But whether that's going to happen, uh, uh, we, will, we will wait and see. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and I believe we have one more question, which I'm just going to try and find now. If this loads. Yes. My man Adam Mason again. Would you <laughs> would you have Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn take our true spot in the Royal Rumble? As I feel that would get a reaction. Uh, yes, I would. I'd have Kevin Owens do it, but not if he's going to lose. And I don't think Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn are going to win the Royal Rumble. While it would rock if you know Kevin Owens return got number thirty, that, that moment would be awesome. But if he then gets chucked out, you're like, oh. Well, that was kind of pointless, wasn't it? And that's the key. I like number 30 spot, and I like the surprise of it. But if really we're not going to do anything with it, and the winner isn't plugged into that, then it may as well be our truth At first, I was like, you can't have our truth and Carmella in number 30. But you can if you have exactly yeah zero plans to do with number 30. Then number 30 doesn't mean anything. 
in 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 his Anderson, I hope I got that right. Dude, what do you think of the Ascension as a major tag team again? Look, everybody can be a major tag team, but they just have to be rehabbed. So yeah, they're all right. They're good. I thought they were quite decent in NXT. But if they want to crawl back up the mountain, they've got to be allowed to do it. You can't go one to a hundred like they did with Jinder Mahal. It doesn't work, as we've seen. It, it does. It does not work. Um, talking to Jinder Mahal, there's a match with him on Raw next week, and there's a little twist in it. I like the twist. No one else does. I read some. I read some spoilers. I thought. I thought it was pretty good. Again, what do I know? Clearly, absolutely, uh, absolutely nothing. But I think all the tag teams on the roster should be pushed and, and pushed hard. Get Fandango back. Get the Fashion Police. You know, and use them. It can, it can be a comedy tag team, but just treat them. As a comedy tag team that also knows what they're doing. You could argue that DX were a comedy tag team. I mean, they weren't. But, you know, you, you could spin it that way, should you, so, should you so wish. Or depending on how you look at it. Uh, El Americano. One new feud with current roster. Who do you want, Simon? Do you mean me or do you mean what feud would I like to see on the current roster? In terms of feuds I'd like to see on the current roster, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Drew Mac. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I would like at WrestleMania 35 Seth Rollins to win the Universal Championship and then go into a few with Drew McIntyre. I think there's money there. I think it would work, and I think they have such incredible matches that it would save the Universal Championship from the, you know, kind of problematic position that it's in at the moment. For me, I'd have any feud. Oh, <laughs> fussy. <laughs> I'll take anybody on if someone gives me the opportunity. Uh, right, so that's all the questions. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Obviously, next Wednesday is Boxing Day. If I can squeeze an episode out, I 100% will. I promise. Obviously, I'm going to be driving around seeing family. I am going to get SmackDown ups and downs done in the morning. But I will endeavor to get a podcast done. It may not be live. It may just go up on all the apps. And if so, please do head over to iTunes or Google Podcast Place, whatever the hell it's called, or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast. Search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe. And you'll know when it goes up. And do a keep an eye out here on youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report in case it goes up. And I'd appreciate you subscribing and being a part of it anyway. Usually we go live around about 2 o'clock every Wednesday. We're about an hour late today. 2 o'clock is usually the idea. So get that into your brain. Uh, write it down somewhere so you can remember. And again, at Simon316 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, over on YouTube, obviously here now, the Miller Report rules. Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. And all of this is supported by Patreon dot com forward slash Simon Miller 316 even a dollar helps Ella Marcano also said Drew and Seth look exactly the same to me they really do they looked at each other in a match I think it was either a super showdown or crown jewel and I was like that is the same person again thank you very much for watching I really do appreciate it and also as this could be the last one of the year hopefully not but thank you for everybody that has joined grown the audience the community whatever thank you so much for being, uh, for being part of this. And hopefully in 2019, we can continue to smash it even more. As I'm about to finish, head over to What Culture Wrestling right now on YouTube. Go watch my ups and downs. Get all my in-depth thoughts about everything that happened on SmackDown. And I'll talk to you all again uh, very soon. 